Hi, One Goal community. It's Elaine Boyd, Pelotonia's Event and Volunteer Operations Coordinator. Since 2008, Pelotonia has raised over $236 million for innovative cancer research. And thanks to our partners, 100% of those funds have gone directly to research at the James at Ohio State. Together, we will see an end to cancer. To get involved in our one goal, visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org or click on the link in the episode notes. This podcast is powered by Pelotonia. To learn more about our goal 10 cancer, visit pelotonia.org or see the link in the show notes. She was there in her bed, um, just being as, as she would for, you know, for her whole life was being the strongest person in the room. Welcome to One Goal, a storytelling podcast from Pelotonia. We're a passionate community dedicated to funding innovative cancer research. I'm your host and Chief Operating Officer of Pelotonia, Joe Apgar. Your journey with us to the finish line begins now. Pelotonia is powered by an unstoppable community, and it's through research we will see an end to cancer. We want to thank our major funding partners for making all of this possible. The American Electric Power Foundation, Huntington, the L Brands Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. Kind, optimistic, passionate, strong, unyielding. These are just some of the words people have used to describe Hallie Temple. The Pelotonia community first came to know Hallie during her 2017 internship in our marketing department. Though Hallie was small in stature, her enthusiasm and energy was larger than life, and she immediately jumped into her work, eager to help in any way she could. One vivid memory of our staff member, Janelle, was when they asked Hallie the question, in what way do you relate to a bike? Her response was, I think I relate to the wheels of a bike. Just like the wheels, once you get me going, you may have to slam on the brakes to get me to stop. And it was true. Hallie never let anything slow her down, including Ewing's sarcoma. Hallie was never afraid to tell others her story, how she was a childhood cancer survivor, how she loved to write and was passionate about her faith, as well as a good cup of coffee. She spoke about all of these things with a unique positivity and zest for life. Throughout her journey, she didn't waver in her character and resolve. Though her soft demeanor might lead you to believe otherwise, Hallie was a fierce advocate for herself and for other young adults facing cancer. Through Hallie, the community also came to know Alec Temple. Hallie and Alec married in June of 2019, and just a couple months later, he rode in his first Pelotonia in honor of his wife. Much like his wife, Alec too has a passion for seeing an end to cancer. In the spring of 2020, Hallie Temple passed away. But her legacy will continue to live on in many ways, including a new foundation called Share Your Story. And her story will continue to be told in different ways, including this podcast where we sat down with Alec. We start this episode titled, The Strongest Person in the Room, with the day that Alec and Hallie first met during their freshman year of college. I mean, if you knew Hallie, you knew what she looked like. It was pretty, uh, it was hard to not see that there was something different from her right away. Um, you know, the, the cancer treatments that she had early on really affected uh, her left shoulder um, and her left arm were a little smaller. Um, it had this, had a, quite a sizable scar, almost the full, uh, full size of her uh, bicep area because they had to replace her, um, let's see, whatever bone that is, I, I'm 
not the bone from the elbow yeah. to the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, elbow to the shoulder. They'd replace that with her tibia in her leg. So she didn't have the tibia in her right leg. We met, we lived on the same floor. We were in the same program uh, at Ashland our freshman year uh, back in 2014. And it was um, one day I was doing laundry. Um, our laundry room had a, a large table in there. It was kind of a nice place that if you wanted to do a little bit of studying, but at the same time, you still wanted to kind of like be social. That was a cool place to go. And uh, Hallie was in there when I was doing laundry. We were just kind of talking, um, just kind of, you know, making small talk, trying to make friends, stuff like that. And um, at one point I was just like, well, you know, I hope this isn't offensive, but I do, you know, I got to ask, you know, um, well, what happened with uh, what happened with your arm and that scar? And she was like, no, I'm not not offended at all. I actually I'm glad that you brought it up. Um, and she kind of went into her whole story about how she had Ewing sarcoma, um, how that had affected her from uh, literally her sixth birthday um, up until she was about 14, which I believe is when the last uh, of her surgeries and different procedures and stuff that she had to do um, as a result of that was was over. And she, you know, explained a little bit of the story to me and, and said that she she loves the opportunity. She loves when people asked her about her scar and about her arm because it gave her an, an opportunity to show, um, you know, as she said, uh, you know, how God had brought her through all that and showed her and gave her an opportunity to kind of witness to different people about um, what she had gone through and how, you know, trials, um, trials can be difficult, but when you have the right mindset and when you, when you have an attitude of perseverance that, um, you can get through it and you can be stronger. And you just know that as soon as you start talking to her attitude, uh, and her spirit and, and her character just kind of just sticks with you. It's just latches onto you and doesn't let go. And, it was an incredible story and we became friends and um, not too much later after that became a little bit more than friends. You know, anyone that's ever had the, the opportunity to meet her, her optimism and just joy for life like shines through in the first five seconds of talking to her and you can only imagine what that was like sort of meeting her for the first time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that smile was enough. Just the, the joy that uh, her smile and then what it did to, you know, how it lit up her face was was enough. I just like, I mean, you know, she wasn't, uh, she wasn't a, a large person in any, you know, very small stature. Um, and I just found it so shocking and yet so inspiring that such a small statured person had such a big, she just had such a big presence as soon as she started talking about her story. She just had this, this aura of strength. Uh, like she said, perseverance and stuff like that. It was just so, it caught me off guard, but it was so, I don't know, so attractive. Is there a story that sticks out to you that is just like pure Hallie? The one that, that always makes me laugh uh, when I think about it. Um, kind of near Ashland, there is uh, there's a state park, Mohican State Park in uh, um, Loudonville, and she was a little outdoorsy. You know, she grew up in a small town. I grew up in a small town. We decided we were going to go hiking one uh, summer day. Uh, it was a great day, 
And there was at one point where we were, we were kind of going up a couple of the hills and we had to come back down to, to, to get back to our car. And the path just disappeared. Like it was completely <laughs> gone. We were like, all right, cool. We could see the path. It was maybe a quarter mile down this super steep hill. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, you know, I'll go first and I'll figure the way down it. And so I'm taking my time and being slow. Um, and I'm going from like tree to tree and rock and just using it as a point of just like trying to zigzag down the hill. And I get down to the path. And I'm like, cool, Hallie, if you just like follow that path or something similar to that, then, you know, you'll, you'll probably be good and stuff. And I didn't hear what she said. Um, I don't know what was going through her head, but she just went straight down the hill, like (laughs) full speed, little steps, just like, I I don't know how she stayed upright. I thought she was going to roll. And then at the last second, she just turned her body. So that way, like I was prepared to catch her. I'm like, all right, here we go. And she just like face first right into my chest, like catch her as she like slid between my legs to make sure she didn't go further down the hill. That was just kind of Hallie in a nutshell of like, you know, not necessarily that she was like (laughs) that she charged into things without thinking. But as soon as I said, hey, if you just follow the path that I did, you'll probably be okay." And she was like, nope, I'm going to do my own thing. And, you know, in that instance, it didn't work out too well for. Yeah, Um, yeah. (laughs) it's a good metaphor for life. So one of the stories I remember from, from when she interned was, um, you know, she did a project where she sorted through just tons of profiles of all these participants and started pulling out the cancer survivors and, and collecting their stories and um, interviewing them for, for blogs and, and we were using for social media and stories. And um, I'll never forget the passion she had behind finding and seeing other young survivors that were riding that were part of Peloton and, and almost, and, and, and I've heard it from a lot of other people too. It's like, you, you know, when you're a, a pediatric or a young adult cancer survivor, you've gone through this experience. It can be pretty lonely. You don't have the chance to meet a ton of other people like you. And I'll never forget just her excitement around seeing that, you know, there's a lot of, of young survivors and a lot of people that uh, in a way shared her story. Uh, of survivorship and advocacy. And, and so it was, it was a really great summer to have her in our office. And we had a phenomenal ride in 2017, one of the best rides we've ever had. And, and she was a big part of that. So uh, we're always grateful that, that she had the opportunity to experience that. So take us through sort of your senior year and, and graduating and um, ultimately sort of relocating and, and, and what happened. Our senior year was interesting um, for a myriad of different reasons. She, we had a couple of incidences uh, where looking back now, we could have jumped on all this a little sooner. We did a little bit, um, but on New Year's Eve, uh, I guess going to be 2017, going in 2018, um, she had all these really bad spasms where she was essentially bedridden um, for a whole day, she wasn't able to move uh, pretty much all without just intense pain and through her lower back, uh, which ended with us going to urgent care, getting some muscle relaxers, and she was doing better after a couple of days. Something similar to that happened uh, the week before Valentine's Day. Uh, that's actually three days before I was planning on proposing to her. 
And did you do it on your original plan? Yeah. You did. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, how did Luckily. how was that? Like what was the describe the proposal and I did put a lot of work into it. Um not necessarily into specifically the night, but in a lot of things surrounding it. Um so Hallie, uh she could be a little bit more of a warrior sometimes. Um and there were uh, there were a lot of couples around us that were actually breaking up. And so she was super nervous. She was super worried the whole time. Like, Oh no, you know, she was worried I was going to break up with her, all this different stuff. Well, it literally at the same time, you know, I was talking with her roommate, with her mom, uh, with her cousin, <laughs> all these different people. We're actually sitting at dinner and she was like, you know, I was in the shower earlier getting ready for this. Um, and I was thinking, like, is tonight the night? Is he going to propose tonight? No, nah, no, nah, he's not going to. I don't need to like paint my nails or anything. It's it's not going to happen tonight. She like said this. She said to that me. out loud. She said she audibly said that to me <laughs> as as in my coat over the table. The box, the ring box, is sitting in there, getting ready for the proposal. And we were probably nervous room. at this point because at least oh, I, yeah. I was like petrified when, when I proposed. <laughs> yeah, um, it just like I was. <laughs> You know, I'm just trying to act. I'm just in my brain. I'm like, how do I act normal? Because I know that I'm not acting normal. I'm probably acting weird and I don't want to tip her off and all this different stuff. Um, and luckily, like right after she said that, she got up, went to the bathroom quick and it gave me a second to just breathe and just be like, yes, the plan is working. Um, and so then we went back to school um, and we we took a, just a short walk. It had to be short because she was wearing a dress and it was, you know, February. So it's freezing cold outside. Um, and we stopped this, uh, one place that was a little bit more meaningful us on campus and, uh, more the roommate, her roommate Morgan actually, um, uh, got set up. And after I saw her get set up and I have no idea how Hallie didn't see Morgan on the other side of the road, getting ready to take pictures. Um, that's when, you know, I proposed to her right there. Throughout the next couple of months, um, you know, she would have a little bit of pain here and there, but nothing too bad. And then uh, after we graduated in May, um, she, you know, I moved to Columbus right away. I, I had a job lined up. So I had a week essentially where I got all my stuff uh, from school to my home back in Wabaconetta and then moved down to Columbus and started, you know, what I thought was going to be, you know, our lives together down there in Columbus. And as she was working on finding a job. And, you know, it got worse and it got worse and she was having pain through her left leg. Um, and then one day she, she fell. The pain was so bad that she fell. Um, they rushed her to the emergency room to see what was going on. Um, and of course, you know, small town emergency room was like, well, these x-rays don't look very good. We got to get you to a bigger hospital. Um, i I don't remember how she, they, they got her up to, uh, the Cleveland clinic and, uh, pretty much told her that, uh, the cancer had returned. And the day that I got the phone call was like 2 AM on the morning of June 1st, 2018. Okay. And so you had just moved to Columbus. You were in an apartment, I assume, or a house, uh, and, and 2am you get a call. I was about three weeks. I think I was in Columbus and I knew she was in, she was rushing to the hospital. Um, her parents had said, don't, don't come up yet because we're moving a lot still. So I was essentially just kind of, 
you know, I was just kind of waiting. Um, one of the least productive days of work I've ever had. Um, just kind of sitting at home. Um, and then uh, her parents had left that night to just go get, I think that they essentially just sent him to a hotel to go get some sleep. And a couple of her cousins were with her. Um, and when the, when the name, when her cousin, Hannah, who is currently a nurse, um, up in, uh, Canton, when her name was the one that came across my phone, I knew that I knew it wasn't good news. You both went really most of your final semester of school engaged, writing your theses, you know, looking for jobs, you moved. Um, and then here you are a month after graduation, she's in the hospital in Cleveland, uh, Cleveland clinic post-surgery and, and you're in Columbus, mm-hmm. you know, sort of on the other end of a phone, just learning sort of devastating news. And I genuinely had no idea what to do that day. Um, you know, it's 2 AM. I laid there and just kind of existed. Um, didn't even have the energy, the, the willpower to even, even a cry. Just kind of existed in a bed for a few hours. I, I fell asleep somehow and I, you know, was scheduled to work that morning. Um, and I don't know why I didn't, I didn't think I had to call my manager to say, Hey, I'm not coming in. Cause I have this thing. I just went into work. I just like my body became like a robot. You know, getting the car and uh, probably the fastest I've ever driven uh, in my life from, you know, Upper Arlington all the way up to uh, the Cleveland Clinic. Um, and then uh, and then when I get there, uh, her dad was the one to come down to greet me. You know, I walked in. Um, her family was completely surrounding her um, in, in the ICU room. Um, and the only dry face in that room was hers. Everybody else, obviously, I mean, in that situation, you knew they were upset. Um, but she was there in her bed, um, just being as, as she would for, you know, for her whole life was being the strongest person in the room. When everybody left was when she finally was able to pull that wall down and we could be real with each other. As soon as people were back in, it was tears off of her face. What do we need to do, doctor? It was just an unyielding perseverance. So... You're at the Cleveland Clinic. It's June 2018. Take us through sort of what happens next, what happens through, you know, the rest of the year and sort of into 2019. Um, You know, because I imagine through this process, you're also thinking about a wedding. It was a blur, honestly. So we're at the Cleveland Clinic. And uh, luckily, that's when... Uh, Pelotonia came in um, and, you know, Doug made, essentially Hallie just reached out to Doug or I think Julie did. Somebody reached out to Doug and said, Hey, this is what's going on. Um, Is there anything that you guys can do to help? And 
uh, within a week of that phone call, Doug had connected her to Dr. Roberts at Nationwide Children's, who was specifically somebody who focused in sarcoma and sarcoma relapses. Um, Dr. Roberts called them within like two days. Uh, they talked through everything, answered every question. And within that week, she was transferred down to uh, Nationwide Children's. And the, the level of care they took with Hallie, you know, being someone who was pretty much bedridden, she had mobility in her feet and that was about it. In two months, she was able to pretty much walk again. She was almost running and jumping again. You could see that Dr. Roberts wanted to take care of her like he would his own kids. You know, she was declared cancer free in May of 2019. Um, and we had, you know, a month of, you know, out of the, out of the pan into the, into the fire, you know, we went from cancer treatments and relearning how to walk to planning a wedding. Yeah. Um, at least, you know, that's what I thought. And then as soon as we flipped over to planning a wedding, I realized that Hallie was, uh, and just truly astounding overachiever that she was. Um, and I mean that in the best way possible because she was planning a wedding. Um, she was working as a freelancer. Um, and she was fighting cancer and relearning how to walk all at the same time. The, the wedding plan was almost done in, in May. She was just like, no, nah, this is this is like the three things we need to do. It just was uh, it was completely astounding. Um, you know, we got married in June, uh, June 19, 2019. Can you take us through sort of the moments and remembering when you first saw her, maybe during if you guys did a first look or if the first time you saw her was walking down the aisle? Hallie looked great, obviously. I guess I don't have the traditional thing. I didn't, wasn't crying or anything like that. I have no idea what my face looked like because I just like, I just like shut down for a sec. I was like, all right, I guess it's happening. Here we are. We're, we are actually getting married. And I attribute that so much to the fact that, you know, in the back of your mind, when you're going through all these different things, um, you know, all these different treatments and stuff, you know, I guess I didn't even know if this was going to be a possibility. And, you know, I included that in my vows about how excited and how blessed I felt because, you know, a little over a year before that, I didn't think that this was going to be a possibility. And she was on a maintenance medication. Uh, that maintenance medication had a couple of side effects. And then ultimately, uh, we found... Uh, in October of 2019, that she had her second relapse. Found out that she had uh, a, a break, a fracture in her lower spine because of some of the cancer that had been removed previously. And so we had emergency surgery uh, on that. Um, that was actually around Valentine's Day, uh, where she had two rods placed in her spine to stabilize her back. And then and after that, Valentine's Day of 2020. Yes. Yeah. And so we were there and then she was, you know, sent home um, and getting ready to restart the the potential for the, the clinical trial because you have to wait a few weeks after any surgery before you can be on any chemotherapy medication and then decided to go with a different trial in uh, Columbus. And that was working well for a while um, until Hallie was having a lot of pain in her right hip area again and found out that 
at some point due to some uh, either it was some, coming back from some surgery too quickly or some treatment for for Massa's growing in her hip. She'd actually completely fractured uh, the ball joints and uh, her femur in her hip. It was completely cut in half. Wow. And uh, as a testament to Hallie's strength, she had been walking on it for two weeks. Wow. Um, so at uh, one point, you know, we were we got in touch with Roberts. We did some x-rays. Um she was in the hospital and, you know, off of the clinical trial. Um, and in the couple of weeks that she was off of the clinical trial, um, that's when the cancer started to spread more, a little bit more aggressively. Um, the sarcoma spread to her lungs, made it difficult for her to breathe. And um, after that transition to uh, home care, um, where she lived at our home and our apartment until she passed away on uh, May 15th of uh, 2020. What was her attitude like during all of that? Like, what was she, what were things that she would say or like, what was she feeling like during all of that? Um, it wears down on you. You know, after you fight, especially like that, you fight something so aggressive for so long, it's hard to not get worn down. But she, she remained, she always remained positive. She always remained optimistic that, that we could beat this, that, um, you know, that there was, there was a, there was worthwhile to fight. Um, and she always felt that, you know, just because we changed plans doesn't mean that we weren't on the wrong one. Um, it just maybe means that the right one wasn't the one that we had thought or the right one wasn't continuing on the path that we were already at. I don't know. I don't know how she did it. You know, you're in your early twenties. You're, you know, recent, relatively recent college graduate. You, you two were married and you have gone through this whole sort of second and third and, and, and final relapses together with her. And, you know, you, you weren't there for part one, sort of the pediatric and the eight years sort of prior to meeting, but you were there every step of the way uh, from the day you met her. How do you think it shaped you? Like when you look back <clears throat> on the experience and you're still going through the experience, like, do you think it changed you or changed the way you view the world? Um, I'm curious if, if you were mad, you know, it, it sort of through your grieving process, you know, if you were angry, I'm curious what your perspective on this whole thing was, because you had to really be strong for her through this whole process. And, um, but what about you? You know, there, um, you know, nights, you, you know, days I would come home from working, you know, nine to 10 hours, um, and come home and, and Hallie loved cooking. Um, that was one of her favorite, absolute favorite things to do. So I was blessed most of the time that I would be able to come home and, um, and there'd be, you know, a, this beautiful meal that I could never produce with my hands on, right. on the table. But, um, there are many nights when that didn't happen, you know, and Hallie would look at me with, with her sad eyes and just say, Alec, I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I just, I just wasn't able to get it done. And and so you, you shed off your, 
your your workload and you immediately jump into another one you know you you know there's a lot of times and i don't know if she knew about the the amount of nights that i would stay up until one in the morning you know making sure the kitchen was clean for her, that the living room was picked up for her that that all these things uh to to make her life even just a little bit better you know to, to when she woke up and she went out to her workspace that it was ready to go for her for how whatever energy level she was at um just to make sure that that i could create the best space for her and i didn't do a good job of having people to talk to about it um and you need to be able to to get that out and it doesn't have to be somebody that that understands your struggle um it can just be somebody that can listen you uh, you performed your own marathon this summer sort of mm-hmm. in honor of, of Hallie. And how'd you choose to do that? You know, what, what did that mean to you to, to be able to, you know, you raised a lot of money, uh, in support of Pelotonia and, and cancer research and, um, really rallied, um, a group of people, you know, your support network to, to support you in doing that. What, how did you end up running 26.2 miles? One step at a time. <laughs> um, so I had decided in uh, 2019, uh, it was uh, November 2019, that I wanted to run a marathon. Um, and so after she had passed, um, you know, it's really it's really easy in that situation when you're by yourself to get in your thoughts. And I decided, you know, I'd already said that I was going to do this. Um, I was going to do the Nationwide Children one um, in honor, of course, of, of the, yeah. like I said earlier, the excellent people that had supported us through all of this. And so I, you know, I figured I'm still going to do this. Um, it's, uh, it was a, it was a a wall that I saw in the future that I could climb over. Um, and it was a designated period of time for me that I could have to grieve that I could work through, uh, the feelings, the emotions, the thoughts that I had after all of this. Um, and so, you know, every day for, you know, the four months that I did it, I, you know, I got, uh, got home, got after work, suited up and went out and ran, you know, a couple miles and got myself ready. Um, and, uh, I was glad that other people decided to run in the marathon since I had to, to put it together myself and, um, had a couple friends, uh, a couple family members that ran portions of it with me and, um, was able to, you know, do that, that goal that Hallie had cheered me on so much for, um, and, you know, as a, as almost a way of, of trying to live in some type of physical, you know, um, all oh, the words escaping me right now, but to, to put myself in almost the physical situation that she would be in and that a constant state of exhaustion, honestly. You know, I know Hallie had just a lot of hopes and dreams and things she wanted to do. And, um, you are, are still close with her family and um, what are you and her family thinking about doing or pursuing to to really honor her legacy? First and foremost, I mean, I'm honestly never going to not have plans on the first weekend of August. Um, the biggest thing for me is that, you know, this is such a, Pelotonia was such a big thing for her. Um, it was such an amazing community. Um, it was a community that, that, you know, alongside our friends, family and our church community that, that really kind of supported us up. Um, Pelotonia was a community that, uh, that walked the walk so much with us. I will never not 
be supporting Pelotonia. Um, I even have, you know, I even have a tattoo Pelotonia on my arm. Oh, the wow. arrow forever. That's amazing. I've decided this year I hate my body still, so I'm going to ride the 100. But then the biggest thing uh, that we're currently working on and actually almost, uh, well, I would say almost ready to announce, but I guess I'm announcing it now. Um, we are, we have an, a foundation um, called Share Your Story. Um, we are in the midst of filing and getting everything ready to go on the, the logistical side. Um, but our goal um, as a foundation here is to help meet the practical needs of those families, uh, those patients that are being affected by, uh, by cancer. One of the big things for her, uh, she had always wanted to help develop uh, a pajama line. Uh, for cancer patients. So that way they didn't have to wear those terrible gowns and basically expose themselves every time they had to get uh, treatments. One of the other areas that we're really looking to do is we want to uh, to purchase, acquire homes uh, near the James and near Nationwide Children's um, that we can provide uh, housing for people who are coming in from, you know, whether they're in our own, our own state, um, whether they're in our country or outside of the country, wherever they're coming from. So that way they can have a place that feels more like home. Uh, those, that's where we're starting. Um, and obviously we're keeping it broad. We want to be able to meet practical needs, uh, for cancer patients, however they, uh, however they arise. You know, she will always be a, a member of the Pelotonia community. We miss her dearly as I know you do thank you for just letting us into that and and sharing a snippet of of yours and Hallie's story and I think there's going to be people that hear this that um, it gives them comfort and it changes how how they view the world and circumstances and um, I think that's pretty special yeah that was um, it was a really big thing for Hallie um, throughout her journey um, she knew that the only way, uh, her story that, um, she felt, um, especially at the time that we had met that she felt that she had been blessed with the ability to share, um, the only way that that story actually helped anybody, um, was by sharing it, um, was by getting it out, um, and letting those people who she may never know, um, hear it, read it and, and see, uh, see how she responded um, and see how she made it through it um, she always wanted her story told as a, as a story of healing as a story of perseverance um, you know she uh, she had a blog um, she wrote uh, called live your story um, I would highly recommend anybody uh, going through something similar to what you've heard today to to read that um, and to see how she she, she saw the situation that she was put in. So in memory of her, um, largely the reason we decided to move with the name Share Your Story because um, my my story, uh, you know, Hallie's family's story, Hallie's story, um, it doesn't do anything if we don't share it. As Alec mentioned in this episode, Hallie kept a blog called Live Your Story, where she detailed her experiences. One entry says, Without my diagnosis, I would not understand what life with cancer is like and why it is so important to find a cure. It might not be today, this week, or even this year, 
but I believe that the work Pelotonia is doing will help to find a cure. My goal is to work as hard as possible and contribute all I can to Pelotonia to ensure that one day there will not be a six-year-old girl sitting in the hospital waiting for her chemotherapy treatment. Hallie's impact continues to inspire and motivate us toward that goal. Thank you to Alec for taking the time to beautifully tell Hallie's story. We also want to thank our major funding partners, the American Electric Power Foundation, Huntington, the Elbrands Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. On the next episode of One Goal, we're going to get to know the incredibly motivating story behind one familiar member of our community. Subscribe today to get the episode the moment it is available. This has been One Goal, a storytelling podcast from Pelotonia. I'm your host, cancer survivor and COO of Pelotonia, Joe Apgar. Interview and production scheduling by our marketing and communications duo, Emily Smith and Gabby Blauer. One Goal is carefully crafted and produced at the studios of Wessler Media by Vince Tornero. Mastering by Joey Gerwin at Orange Udio. Special thank you to all of our guests for being willing to share their inspiring journeys for this podcast. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe so you can get seasons one and two, as well as future episodes. If you want to learn more about the Pelotonia community and how you can make an impact on cancer research, see the link in the show notes or visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org.